And welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. And Austin is supposed to be here today, and we can't seem to reach him up at the place in North Carolina. Are you here yet, Austin? That's nice. So I guess I'm going to be running solo for a little while. Yeah, I want I want to kind of just share with you guys a little bit of stuff that's going on here real quick. You know, we've got all kinds of things happening now all over the world because of what's happened with this crazy Palestinian stuff and this Israeli stuff and what they're doing and how they're basically killing everybody. And now they're going to say that, you know, the U.S. travel to Europe will require prior approval and biometric scanning. So more and more of this snare that the bankers have put out for the entire world is happening as we speak. Traveling to most European countries is about to get more complicated and, to, and much more invasive for American citizens. In the spring of 2025, you'll have to first request permission. And you'll have to be saying it due to passport stamps and, and hello to facial and fingerprint scans and having your biometric data stored in an enormous government database for the EU, just in case they don't have you in the base already here in the United States, they'll put you in an EU base. And on Friday, an agency of the European Union announced an updated timing for the European Travel Information and Authorization Systems, which was first set to roll out in 2024. It applies to travelers more than 60 countries that are currently exempt from visa requirements. Those countries have an aggregate population of 1.4 billion people. As is the case today, Americans won't need a visa, but they will need to apply in advance for permission to visit any of 30 EU countries for lasting up to 60 to 90 days. It will cost about $8 to apply. And so what's going to happen is you have a massive backlog of applications. So you better get your stuff set up pretty quick if you're going to do this. It's um, very important. By the way, gold is back going back over 2,000 an ounce, it looks like. Last week, a firmer trend in gold continued as markets realized the seriousness of the deteriorating situation in the Middle East. In European trade this morning, gold traded for 1979, up $46 from last Friday's close and up 160 from the October low. Silver was less responsive at 22.95 at a modest 25 cents on the Friday's close. And this is possibly the most bullish chart you know we can show as far as what they're showing as far as the illustration in this article I'm writing reading. It said it illustrates a very low level of speculation and hedging interest in gold, both of which can be expected to increase materialistically as the conflict in Israel evolves. If gold wasn't having naked shorts put on it every day by the money market guys who basically run the world international banking cartels, gold will be a 20000 an ounce. That's my opinion. Because of the massive increase in the M1 money supply, gold has always maintained an increase in value as the M1 went up. In other words, as you deflate the currency or excuse me, inflate the currency, deflate its value, gold always goes through the roof. And uh, it's not doing that because they'll run naked shorts on it all of the time, and those naked shorts cause – the market that stay down low. In other words, they'll sell a million ounces of gold in the New York you know, bullion exchange, but they don't have the gold. There's no gold there to sell. They do it all on paper, and they'll put a put a put a put a this is called a naked short in which there is no bottom. They'll sell the million you know ounces of gold. And, hey, Austin, good to have you back. Hey, good morning, bud. Sorry <laughs> about that. I had some some tech difficulties, but I am hot up and running this morning. <laughs> we'll have, but but when the naked shorts, what ends up happening is the gold has no bottom on it. So when they start selling the contracts for gold. There's nobody. There's not a people to buy a million ounces, and so what happens is the price goes down lower and lower and lower. And that's how they constantly do it. And they, if it wasn't for that, it'd be, it'd be absolutely through the roof. And this this is another interesting article. It says that the Jews are not safe anywhere now. Uh, American Jews are now flocking to get buy guns and gun training classes. We can't put down the phone without picking up the next one, says Rabbi in Los Angeles, who runs a nonprofit group that offers firearm training to the Jewish community. <laughs> I'm going to comment on this after I read it, okay? I'm, I'm just going to say I'm, – I'm, I'm laughing. I apologize. 
Uh, this guy named Shane has always been terrified of guns. The Orthodox Jewish artist and mother of two felt uneasy about her husband's decision to buy a handgun after they moved to Florida from New York last year. I would just block it out of my mind because it's in the house, she said. But after watching the events unfold in Israel, she's taking steps she's never imagined herself taking. She's now attending a gun safety seminar at her synagogue last week, followed by a one-on-one -on -one session in local shooting range. Even at the range, I just wanted to drop the gun and run back home. I was so scared. I'm terrified of it. But she says she felt forced to do it because the Jewish people are not safe anywhere now. The deadly terrorist attack in Israel, which is, of course, Mossad you know, whatever. And the torrent of social media threats that followed have forced many American Jews to reconsider their long held stances against owning firearms or guns. Now, this is from the, it was, this is actually NBC News. Now, here's the irony of this. This is, I, I gotta just talk for a second. The Jews, absolutely, are, most of them are almost all hardcore liberals. Now, not all of them. I've got a good friend of mine. He's a Jewish guy. He's a pilot. He's a, he's a physician. He's a cardiologist. And he's a good friend. I mean, he, I love him like a brother. He came to Sharon's funeral. And I mean, he's a good friend. There's not much you could ask me to do that I wouldn't try to do for him. And he's a gun guy. He goes out to the range all the time, always wants to go shooting with me. I mean, he's a, he flies jets. He's a cardiologist. He loves guns. He's a Republican. He's conservative. The guy's amazing. His name is Jeff. And, you know, good friend. But the vast majority of his friends who are Jewish are extremely left-wing liberals, and he can't stand being around them. <laughs> Just thought I'd mention that. And, and so it, it's, uh, it's ironic to me, and I'm glad the Jews are doing this. I'm glad they're learning how to defend themselves, all right? because if they had been armed and well enough armed you know, in, in Russia and in, you know, in, in Germany, they wouldn't have been hauled off. And of course, if the German population had been armed well enough, they wouldn't have got hauled off either who weren't Jewish. So anytime you can protect yourself from a tyrannical government or extreme interest groups like people who hate you, it's a good thing as far as I'm concerned. But the irony to me is how she's terrified of the gun. I remember one time I had a guy come over. I think I was going to put some speakers in the ceiling or something. I don't remember what it was. It was many years ago, and he worked for an audio company. I think he, I think he was the owner of the audio company. And there was I had a I had a, I don't know my house got guns in it and i had a couple of glocks laying on the countertop and uh he walked in and he almost urinated on himself he got so scared and the gun's sitting on the counter i mean nobody's touching it and he's terrified there's a gun there and he steps away from the gun he goes i'm terrified there's a gun here and i'm like it's not gonna discharge itself it's not gonna jump up and shoot you i said uh it's a gun that's laying there it's completely just a inanimate object and unless you act on it and pick it up and pull the slide back and chamber it and basically pull, squeeze the trigger. I said, it won't do anything. It just sits there. It's like having a piece of steel laying there. I'm terrified. I'm terrified. And I, like I said, he almost urinated on himself. And finally he said, I'll, I'll give you a bit. I'll call you back. Blah, blah, blah. And he runs out the front door. I mean, literally runs out the front door to this car. And I just started laughing. And I thought, what the heck was that? That's, that's about as girly of a mun as I've ever seen. And I thought, this is ludicrous. Now, whether, I, whether or not he ever gave me a bit, I don't remember. It's been so long ago. But that's the general attitude of a lot of people about guns. And then you have another, then you have another category of them. Okay? They're curious about guns, but they've never handled a gun. Uh, I remember, gosh, it was probably six months ago. I don't remember who it was. I had a friend of mine over here, and, and uh, it, was a, it was a girl that I knew, and she'd never touched a gun. And she picks up a loaded Glock that was chambered. And I said, whoa, whoa, stop. Put it down. I said, I will take you to the range, and I will teach you how to shoot the gun properly. That's a hot weapon. I said, you, don't pick it up. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. And, and it was funny. 
And so you have all these different levels of training with people as far as with, at weapons. And that's why Austin has said to you, and I have said to you, I mean, Austin and I train, we go in and we you know, go through things like we have to learn how to clear houses and we, we're shooting underneath you know, cars and through windshields and all this kind of stuff. And we're using like live 223 ammo with, you know, with AR-15s and you know, with pistols and shotguns. And I've done a lot of those shoots with Austin over the years, and he's done a lot more than I have. You've got to learn how to handle your weapon. I don't care if you're Jewish or Protestant or Catholic or whatever you are. Don't be picking up guns if you don't know what you're going to do with it. If you're going to shoot yourself, what's going to happen? Or you're going to shoot somebody else with friendly fire. Be very, very careful with handguns and get proper training. It's critical that you do that. It really, really is, especially nowadays. You know, we've got all of these armaments that have come in now from the Ukraine. Nobody wants to talk about that. That's how they armed the Palestinians. And I, I, want, I want to tell you this real quick. We told you this when this war in Ukraine started two years ago and they started funneling all these weapons all over the world. We told you that we're going to have there, there are going to be regional conflicts all over the place using the weapons that we sent to Ukraine and that Europe sent to Ukraine. And now yep. we're seeing this. And, 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 and this is going to be used now. Now, listen to me. I'll give you a little bit more of, of you know, foreshadowing. This is going to be used to create their new world order. They had to send a hundred billion dollars worth of weapons all over the world so they can start these conflicts everywhere and start civil wars everywhere. Out of chaos will come their new world order. That's their mantra, guys. That's what they want. They're the ones who are controlling the weapons. Think about it. The third most corrupt country in the world, Ukraine, with a with a with a queer guy who likes to dance, you know, in high heels and leather tights and likes to play the piano with his genitalia. I mean, that's how sick this, this, this guy is, who basically is being used as a stooge over there to make sure he gets plenty of money to buy his mansions in Florida, which he's already done, so he could leave there after he wrecks the country and allows that country to be a funnel into the world for weapons. That's why they have not stopped this war, because Putin's in on it too. Putin could have done this thing in 90 days and been done with it with a blitzkrieg. He could have taken care of this. He did not. He's all part of this. Putin's a billionaire. He's in that billionaire boys club. And, you know, he talks a good talk. He talks a good game. He's KGB guys. Always remember that. You know, then he pushes the church over there. He pushes a lot of things that he tries to get away with over there. But he has been in the Ukraine now for almost two years, and it's not getting any better over there. And But yet we never see any news from all of this conflict of all these armaments and all these weapons being used. You don't see it. And all of a sudden we start seeing these guys with, with you know, rocket launchers and everything else in Mexico. And you're like, this stuff came out of, out of the Ukraine. That's how they armed the dissident population. Plus they brought millions, probably 40, 50, 100 million. Who, who in the world knows how many people we brought up from third world countries now to the United States? Completely unvetted. And how many of those people, those young soldiers, they could have been easily, those 20-year-old groups, how many of them are basically sleeper cells? that are going to be set up against us in all of our major cities and townships throughout the United States in the event that they decide to go ahead and pull the trigger on this? And how many of them have already been armed with Ukrainian weapons? Those are the questions I'm asking now. And so that's the interesting part about all of this stuff. If you're not awake right now with everything that's going on, uh, you need to take some B-complex. <laughs> you You need to pump yourself up on some green tea. And by the way, the purple sticks have been ordered. They'll be here probably in about eight weeks, hopefully. And so they're great, by the way, and they're going to work phenomenally well. 
<laughs> okay, awesome. What do you think, buddy? What's your next story? Well, oh, good morning. Yes. Morning, the bud. Sticks, <laughs> the purple sticks are in the process right now. I'm working on getting everything dialed in with that as far as manufacturing now and packaging. But the product itself is done as far as the actual testing on it, the tasting on it. Everything works great. You guys are going to be really happy with it. And I'm very excited to see the feedback that I get from everyone on it. And also, too, if you guys need anything, as always, be sure to give us a call or email us at healthmasters.com, the product of the week, which the N-acetylcysteine, you guys know, one, if you saw that, really, really great detoxifying property, and the HGH Stimulate, uh, it's right now massively voted up. I, I put it up there to list it. We got a brand new batch in, uh, limited supply. I'm waiting on a new batch to get in because we make that product in smaller batches to keep it really fresh and make sure quality control stays really good on it, especially with the folate. And with the L-Arginine and Citrulline, it so, looks like you guys have voted for it. So that will probably be on sale this week, the, the way the vote's going. So be sure to keep an eye out on Health Masters and a lot of the kits we have on there at healthmasters.com. And back what the dad said, because I've told you guys this for the last year and a half. A lot of people have not believed me at first. Uh, the people that I know as far as that are retired weapons contractors, military, they have all told me in unison. This is not from one singular person. Multiple people have told me, and I've said this on the show, and I'm now – it's been very clear now this is what's happening, is that Ukraine has been the primary weapon trafficking country of the world now. If anybody remembers when I talked to you guys last year about how Ukraine was being given over 17,000 Javelin anti-tank missiles, 17,000 Javelin missiles. That was last year. We haven't even got an accurate count now on what they've been getting this year. If you guys know that Javelin is an advanced anti-tank weapon system, it is the most effective tank system to defeat any type of projected uh, threat armor. Anything. It will take out anything. I don't care if it's an MRAP. I don't care if it's a tank. I don't care if it's a hard armored building. Javelin will take out anything. And Ukraine has literally gotten, to my knowledge, I know they've reported 17,000. Other reports that I have heard are over double that as far as currently now. Now, you got to understand, Ukraine's not using 30,000, 40,000 Javelin missiles out in the field. This war is not that big. There are not that many tanks from Russia. When you're talking about that level of heavy weaponry and surface air missiles and law rocket launchers and all these different weapon systems that they're getting, they're not just giving Ukraine small arms. They're not giving them 5.56 with M4s. Of course, those weapon systems are going over there, but you're talking that's, – that's small arms fire, guys. That's basic stuff. That's basic, you know, personnel defensive rifles. They're getting serious hard weapons. We're talking about weapons that will take down planes and helicopters. We're talking weapons that will take down commercial jetliners. That's what these weapons are that they're getting and they have been getting. And yet the war is not that expansive over there in Ukraine. And suddenly now there's actually one individual that I saw. They asked, where did all these alleged Hamas fighters get all these weapons from? And where are they getting these surface-to-air missiles and these law rocket launchers from? And now they're saying it's Iran, it's this and it's that. I'm telling you right now, the whole entire war in Ukraine was one giant, giant money laundering scheme with one giant weapon laundering scheme to basically go in now and feed all these different conflicts that I'm telling you are going to start popping up all over the world in different regional areas. And I personally think a lot of this stuff, from what I've been told, has leaked into the United States with a lot of these individuals that are becoming unvetted. I saw an article earlier here that's talking about this massive, insane amount of money that's basically trying to get approved now through Congress. And, you know, they want 
here's here's the next list they want they want 14 billion dollars again for israel they want another 60 billion for ukraine this year coming up next fiscal budget they want 10 billion for a general humanitarian aid that that sounds really good i'm sure that money goes sanity general yeah the seven billion for Indo-Pacific defense, a hundred million for Gaza, and another 50, or fourteen billion to process illegals faster at the border. This is nothing more than a giant money laundering scheme in order to push the agenda and make Rome fall faster. And when I say Rome, I mean the United States. You know, the amount of individuals—we're talking millions of illegals—have been processed in the United States. We're not even talking. I mean, I'm talking just since Biden got in. We're not even talking about the ones that never got caught or the ones that basically just go back in and back out. This is being done intentionally to come in now and decay the United States with individuals that are not here for the best purpose of the United States. And that's what a lot of people have to realize. While at the same time now, we've watched this massive, massive fallout from individuals that have had these health problems. I talked to a friend of mine, real good, his wife's real good friends with Lana, and they were up here where we're at now in North Carolina, and he's in the National Guard. He used to be in the Army. He's done a couple of deployments, and they made him end up getting the COVID shot. He ended up getting it, and uh, he's had multiple health problems from it now, and he's been taking supplements. I've been telling him stuff to take, and he told me, he said, the crazy part about it was awesome. He goes, when they started pushing this in the military, they told everybody, everybody, this shot's supposed to protect you. It's supposed to save you. And he goes, we have now all learned in the military. He said, all of us, every single one of us that is even mildly awake in the military have all learned that it was the complete opposite with the shot. He said, everybody's having health problems that got the shot. He goes, some of them really mild, some of them really severe. He said, but I can tell you one thing. Nobody has been better off since they got the shot. That's what he told me verbatim the other day when I talked to him on Saturday. Nobody has been better off since they got the shot. And isn't that a sad place that we're reaching now in the United States where we have a government entity that told everybody it was safe and effective and it's for your protection and it's going to prevent, you know, bad illness and it may help prevent hospitalization and may help prevent death. It's like I talked about last week on the show. Those were scientific topics and references they were talking about. It was all designed to obfuscate the truth and lie to everybody. Now there's a new JAMA study, another one that came out that's by the Federal Veterans Administration, published a study that shows the benefits of getting vaccinated for the seasonal flu and COVID. The only problem with the paper, when you actually look at the numbers and how they did the cohort and how they manipulated it, it shows the exact opposite. Instead of helping reduce one's risk of hospitalizations, the flu shots and COVID jabs had no positive effect at all in the study. And this study was designed to try to promote the shot. The paper published in JAMA, they clocked in more than 100,000 views as the writing. The study looked at the risk of death in VA patients hospitalized for COVID versus the flu between 2022 October and March 2023. And what they found is when they looked through this, the study looked at the hospitalization rates and death rates between the two groups. What the researchers found is that there was no statistical difference in death between those two had re- who had received one or two doses of the shot versus those who were unvaccinated. Now, what's interesting, when you look at it, you actually look at the numbers, it was another manipulated study again. The same thing they do every single time is they take this one control group and they isolate it and they say, oh, no, 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 we're only going to take people that got two or three booster shots. And then they go in and they take the group that's unvaccinated and they make it extremely small. They say, oh, no, 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 this is the unvaccinated group. This is the group here that's got the shots. The group that got the shots had much better results, and they did much. They had much safer response from it. And when you look at the numbers, and this is what they did to get this shot approved originally, even through the manipulated Pfizer product that they got rolled out in three months, 
they know how to control the data. Science is not science anymore. It's simply turned into gross manipulation. That's all it is. All you need to do is figure out who you need to pay to get the directed results that you need now in the medical establishment. We've already seen that now. And the FDA will rubber stamp anything that they're told to rubber stamp. I mean, the fact that we have the FDA giving emergency use authorization for this new COVID booster that has never even been tested on humans from Pfizer's tested on 10 mice. And yet they gave it emergency use for six month olds and older should tell you everything you need to know about the FDA right there from a scientific standpoint, when it comes to do no harm and actually trying to protect families and protect children and safety with these kind of shots. And so I thought it was interesting when I was talking, like I said, my buddy who's in the national guard and he said, nobody has been better off since they got this shot. The studies you keep seeing now are leading to more and more of that where people are starting to realize, yeah, there's a serious problem now. And the more you start seeing a lot of this, the more you're going to start really understanding. This is why I've really encouraged a lot of people. If they've had anybody that has been harmed or families that have died from remdesivir, get on class action lawsuits with these attorneys now that are starting them. This is a huge, huge topic that a lot of people are not talking about. The mainstream media literally is dead silent. They have not come up or responded to one single topic. There's another one now that apparently is coming out now in Michigan. That's basically a remdesivir case now that's showing that the important precedent is proving liability shields fail when the undisclosed contamination of active ingredients are in a product and the patient is not fully advised on what actually is going to happen when it comes to side effects. Remdesivir was the COVID kill shot before COVID shot came out, so to speak. It was the bioweapon. Remdesivir was. A lot of people have failed to realize that. Remdesivir is what got the numbers up in the hospital with the alleged COVID deaths. It was not COVID itself. People were not dying from COVID in their bed at home. People were not catching COVID and suddenly two or three days later dying in their sleep or dying basically because they had a cough from COVID. It wasn't happening. It may have been a remnant of people that may have happened that I've never talked to, but the vast majority of almost everyone that I knew that actually died allegedly from COVID was on remdesivir and got put on a ventilator a few days later. And I knew a lot of people and I've had the stories. I've heard them. Steve, I mean, Steve got so our, our main sales rep at the office. Steve's awesome. If you guys ever called him, talked to him, he's super knowledgeable. He started getting really bummed out at point. He told me one day after work, he was like, man, he's good. This is getting rough. He goes, I'm hearing this same scenario, Austin. He goes, I've probably heard it from over a hundred, 150 customers now. The exact same story from different people all over the entire country, and none of them are connected or related in any way, shape, or form. And they told me the exact same story every single time. He goes, that's just me on the phone by myself at this office. He goes, can you imagine the percentage of people that have the exact same story? And I said, I know, Steve. I said, it's bad. I said, it's really bad. This is back in 2020, 2021, when it was really getting bad from Desivir. And so there's a lot of law firms now that are really starting to jump on these class action lawsuits. And regardless, some people go, well, I don't want to get involved in the lawsuit because it's not about the money or this or that. Regardless, it doesn't matter. It's about holding accountability to these pharmaceutical companies and these hospitals that blatantly knew this drug was killing people because they can lie to you and say they didn't know it was going to happen. Their own research from Gilead in 2016 showed this drug remdesivir was so dangerous they had to pull all the patients off of it within a week because almost half of them were basically dying going into organ failure. It was that toxic, and yet it got shelved after that, and nobody talked about it ever again. Then suddenly, 
the absolute complete and total sicko sociopath lunatic Anthony Fauci got on national television and said, we petitioned the FDA. They have now given remdesivir emergency use approval. It is now going to be the standard care when you go into the hospital now immediately if you have COVID without any type of testing, without any type of research other than what they already knew was killing people with the drug years before that, and it got approved. Remdesivir was the bioweapon starting off with COVID. So my friends, continue to stay educated on these topics. Talk to people. Get people's ideas and their understanding and stories. It's always interesting to hear people's you know, different, different viewpoints of what's happened and different things that have happened to them and understand that there's a lot of really, really strange things that are happening, but there's also a lot of really big distractions to keep you from talking about these strange things that are happening right now, including, again, this entire conflict that you're hearing about over in the sandbox with Palestine and Israel. I told you guys last week on the show, and I got some blowback for it on some emails, and I really didn't care. I don't even respond to anymore, a lot of them. As I said, I don't care about either country whatsoever. I care about the United States and the boondockle that we're in right now from a health standpoint and the fact that we have a government that's pushing a kill shot on people still, including six-month-olds. If Americans want to keep raising Americans, if Americans want to keep America biblical-based and keep this country where it needs to be, we need to focus on our own backyards and focus on our own families right now and stop being so obsessed with the current thing I need to support. The current thing is right at our doorsteps right now, guys. We got people coming across our border that have no idea as far as what is being done, what is actually happening in this country right now. They're being fed in this country and being told, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to vote for. This is what needs to happen. It's happening right now in our country. While so many Christians, I would say, and pastors are staring at the television telling us we need to support the next current thing. Remember I told you guys about that? Every single time there's some type of conflict or some type of problem or some type of issue, it's the current thing. Oh, it's BLM and Antifa. It's the current thing. Oh, it's COVID. It's the current thing. Oh, it's Ukraine. It's the current thing. The media does not tell you the news. The media tells you how to think about the news. They tell you how to feel. They do not give you true information. They tell you what to do and how to do it. There, There is a pure propaganda piece to make you focus on certain things in order to keep you distracted so you do not talk. You do not look and you do not examine the facts of what is really happening behind the scenes. So continue to be an American, my friends. Continue to keep getting the truth out there and continue to support alternative media that's getting the truth out there because we couldn't do it without y'all. And thank you so much for the support of Health Masters and the constant feedback I'm getting and just continuing to keep the truth flowing. What do you think, Dad? A good segment, Austin. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for the support of the listeners, you know, it's just simply – uh, you know, we couldn't be in business. I know I, I talked to Chris last night, a great friend of mine. He works for UPS and, and a good man, been married for 27 years. And, and we were talking and he listens to the show every day. And I mean, we had a great time talking yesterday. I talked to a bunch of listeners yesterday and I really enjoyed doing that. I mean, I spoke to a, a lady up in, you know, Chi up, up in, you know, Vancouver. I spoke to another, 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 another lady over in Texas. And I just, and I do the best I possibly can to try to stay in touch with as many people as I possibly can in order to let you guys know much I appreciate you. I had a great church service yesterday. I mean, we asked Lutheran Church and asked me to read, and I, I got to read a bunch of scriptures in front of the congregation. I love doing that kind of stuff, so I got all energized from that. So, you know, we all are part of this together here. You know, we're part of the family of God, you know, the real God, you know, God Almighty, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Moses. I mean, the great I am, you know, the Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, the God the Father. I mean, that's who we are. We're part of that family. 
It's when I get to speak to my families, my and my and my friends, like you know, like Marcy and all the rest of them. I mean, it just it just it makes me feel really good on the inside to know that I'm here, you know, not by myself, but with a lot of other people that are supporting Health Masters and supporting us through prayer. It means the world to me because I pray for you guys all the time. I really do. I had some really good prayer time for you guys yesterday. I mean, I was really praying two or three times yesterday. And I really love that because it, it lets me know that, you know, we're all, we're all connected together, you know, from a, how you say, quantumly connected. By the way, Laura Logan is, is now on the – I mean, she's on the tear. She's saying that judges are not allowing defense attorneys for January the 6th even broach the issue of the entrapment of the January 6th cases with embedded FBI agents that were pushing the narrative and forcing people to do what they were doing. I mean – Unreal that she actually did a pretty – I posted this interview, and she did a really good job on this. And I, and I thought to myself how interesting it is that we have a person who's from Australia initially, initially being better, a better patriot here in the United States than you know most of the patriots are. I mean it, it's sad. In addition to that, the electric cars now that we talk about so many times, how much we dislike them, are at a risk of becoming uninsurable. Now, this is interesting. Listen to this one. Electric cars are becoming effectively uninsurable as analysts struggle to put a price on battery repairs. The research for the car insurance industry has said Jonathan Hewitt, chief executive at Tatum Research, the Motor Insurance Automotive Research Center, said a lack of insight and understanding about the cost of repairing damaged electric batteries in cars is pushing up the premiums, resulting in some providers declining to even provide coverage at all. Electric cars can be particularly expensive to repair, cost about a quarter more to fix on the average than petrol or diesel vehicles. Experts had previously warned electric vehicles are being written off after minor bumps because of the cost and complexity of fixing their batteries. In other words, it's cheaper to take a $40,000 Tesla that's brand new and get, gets bumped and gets wrecked just to go ahead and just dump the whole 40000 and pay the person back for what it's worth or whatever the value of that car is used, which is probably now ten, twelve thousand dollars $12,000, rather than trying to repair it. So good luck if you own one of these things. And we, of course, we, you know, we basically have, we have, have urged people not to be getting any of these cars because they're simply not practical. I know the new Toyota, there's a new hybrid out with, out with Honda and with Toyota that's getting six or 800 miles per tank of fuel. It's a hybrid technology. The engine charges the batteries. You have to charge them. And they're pushing that really, really strong, which that technology is actually pretty, pretty doggone good. It really, really, really is. By Great Britain, by the way, is now telling people – they have an online safety bill, and it's turning free speech into a felony. Wait a minute. You know, we were used to Orwell's 1984 and Huxley's Brave New World being held up as a mirror to our current predicament. It's something we don't want to have. But there's a third novel in Britain's dystopian trilogy in Anthony Burgess, A Clockwork Orange. A politician visits a jail to look for a subject for a special type of treatment, which is designed to cure the offender of the impulse for violence. And by the way, I don't recommend Clockwork Orange. It is a filthy, filthy movie. I don't really recommend it at all. It's perverted. I've tried to watch it a couple of times on TV. I couldn't even watch it on TV. It's so twisted. The reason the minister wants, wants prisoners released safely back into society and something of this sort is already happening in the UK, speak to us soon. Soon we may be needing all of our prison space for political prisoners like Julian Assange, you know, Sidney Powell, and the January 6th insurrectionists. The invention of hate speech was a slippery slope. Which we have rapidly descended. Former British ambassador and human rights activist Craig Murray has been detained under Britain's counterterrorism laws for pointing out Palestinians' case in the conflict. I mean, been for hate speech because he's saying, "Wait a minute, the Palestinians, are, you know, are, are being slaughtered." And remember, I'm going to stop here for one second. There are a lot of Christians being slaughtered in Palestine too. This is not an Arab-Jew conflict over there. It's it's Arab and Christian and Jewish and Muslim and Hindu. All these different religions are over there. It's not just two different groups. And the Christians and these other religions are also being slaughtered in Gaza and being shelled. 
And they didn't do anything wrong. They haven't done anything. That's why it's such a – we need to have a humanitarian effort and protest, which we're having now all over the world. And here's the thing that they've done, and, and this is this – is, I find this interesting because what they've done is they brought Muslims – you know, they didn't have to have the Crusades anymore. They, now they're now Great Britain. If you put up a Britain flag and during a Muslim protest about Palestine, they say it's hate speech putting up a British flag because the British flag basically is you know part of the Crusades and what happened with these Brits, Brits going over to fight you know trying to get Israel back and get Jerusalem back and the Crusades and all the rest of the stuff from a thousand years ago. But what's interesting with all this stuff is is that they have brought millions and millions and millions of Muslims into Europe and the United States, and into Great Britain, and all over the world. And now suddenly these Muslims are taking the side of Palestine because they hate Jews. You say, well, you can't, you can't say that Muslims hate Jews. Wait a minute. I can say the sun came up this morning, and that's a fact. And I can tell you that Muslims, and the vast majority of Muslims, hate Jews, and the vast majority of Jews hate Muslims. I can say that. That's just a fact. Whether you like that or not, it just came out kind of funny, but it's the truth. It's what it is. And and, and, and and the vast majority of those Orthodox Jews, the Shabbat Kabbalists over there, the synagogue of Satan, they hate Christians too because we represent Christ. Just thought I'd mention that one too. Just throw that one out at you. And so we have a problem here now. We have a lot of people in this country that are Muslim, and they're running around with Qurans and handing out Qurans. I've been handed one one time when I went to a restaurant by somebody who wanted me to read the Quran. And uh, you know, it's supposed to be a book of peace. I read a little bit of it and really couldn't get through it. it didn't interest me. But the truth is, if this thing comes to a holy war and they start yelling jihad and they decide to arm themselves and then we've got a bunch of you know other foreign nationals that are here coming across the border, what are we going to turn this thing into? We're going to have the Hispanics fighting the Muslims, fighting the Christians. It's going to be a mess. And that's why gun sales have gone through the roof again. You know, they're, they're back way up again because people are saying, wait a minute, this hotbed of Middle East could actually cause World War III and bring on Armageddon. And you think, well – is, is that true? Well, yeah, actually, that is true. That's actually what they want. They actually want to force Armageddon. They want to force the apocalypse. They want to force all of this stuff. And, here, and here's an interesting article from Paul Craig Roberts. who goes, God's chosen people in the moral West. More than 2 million Palestinian people now have been without running water, electricity, and food for 10 days. After instituting the blockade of Gaza, Israel dropped 4,000 tons of bombs on Gaza in a five-day period. Nine more days have passed with continued heavy bombing. If continued at the same rate, Israel has dropped more than 10,000 tons of bombs, 2 million pounds of high explosives on the people in Gaza. Israel told 1.1 Palestinians they had 24 hours to leave northern Gaza or else be bombed. The JDAM bombs being dropped on Gaza were supplied to Israel by the United States. Many thousands have been killed since the bombing began. 52% of the Palestinians in Gaza are under the age of 18 years of age, a huge percent of those – I mean, they're children, and, and a huge percent of those Palestinians being killed and wounded are children. This is blatant ethnic cleansing and is receiving the full support of the United States. In the, United, in the UN Security Code, the U.S. has twice voted resolutions calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. I'm sorry. The U.S. has twice vetoed resolutions calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. The vote on the attempt was 14 to 1, with the U.S. being the only one to vote no with their veto. The U.S. does not want a ceasefire. It wants war and thus has sent carrier battle groups, squadrons of A-10 warthogs and thousands of Marines in preparations to back up an Israel ground assault in Gaza. The U.S. now is complicit in the massive war crime being committed by Gaza, by, by, on Gaza by Israel. All the endless U.S. speeches about freedom and democracy ring hollow in the face of this atrocity. And these crimes are likely to get much worse once Israel sends hundreds of thousands of troops into Gaza. Guys, this is turning into a real mess over there with this Greater Israel program, and we called it all out. 
you know, Israel basically their defense was ordered to stand down. Why Hamas came in, which was pretty much led by the doggone Mossad. And here we have it. Here we have it. I mean, it's just, just unbelievable. By the way, the U.S. now, as far as our military, has gotten pretty bad. According to Pentagon data obtained by Stars and Stripes newspaper, less than a quarter of Americans aged 17 to 24, that's 25 percent of draft-eligible Americans, qualify both academically, IQ scores, and physically for military service. In June, Military.com reported that U.S. Special Forces, the Green Berets, had failed to meet enlistment quotas for four of the past five years due to a shortage of eligible candidates. The American Security Project reports that 68 percent of military personnel are overweight or are obese. And the morons in Washington are picking fights with Russia and China and Iran and Hezbollah all at once while we continue to have a military that's completely and totally out of shape. And I may add, like Austin mentioned in his first segment, a military that has been injected with a clot shot that's causing all types of mental disorders and immune disorders and health problems and heart problems and everything else with the military that are out there. And many of them who are active personnel who are actually in shape, they're experiencing pericarditis and myocarditis. They have effectively, they have effectively with the whole transgender nonsense and all of the gays in the military now, and on top of that now, the clot shot and the kill shot, they've neutered our military. I mean, where are the boys that are going to get on the boats in D-Day and go storm the shores of Normandy? They really don't exist in any kind of quantity any longer. And the ones that were really gung-ho Americans, and they really have the ability to do that, they've been hampered now by the doggone clot shot. And if they don't speak properly in their military training sessions and learn how to be proper as far as pronouns with people coming in, you know, they are ejected or fined or basically court-martialed or put on restriction in the military because – they weren't being proper and properly politically correct. This is a nightmare. You know, I mean, you've you got to have a group of people that are willing to defend our borders and to defend the United States of America. And they have systematically castrated, metaphorically, the United States military. What do you think, Austin? What's your next story? You're exactly right. That's well, that's been the goal from the beginning. The United States military and might at one point was the literally the biggest military we've pretty much ever witnessed in recorded history. The level of weaponry we had and the aircraft carriers and the submarines and the ground force. I mean, it was it's insane. And it's still enormous. It's still massively overloaded as far as what they've been running money through with black ops now and all the stuff we've seen now with the F thirty five and the F twenty two Raptors. The equipment's incredible. But what we've watched now is that it doesn't matter how amazing your equipment is if your personnel and your higher ranks are continuing to basically upend the U.S. military and castrate it, like you just said, very clearly. It's what they've done now. It's going to fall apart, and that's exactly what we're seeing now. People were sending me the other day, I got a customer that was sending me these videos of these, like I guess they're like social media reels, and it's like a trend now where these guys that apparently are, are open – trannies transvestites they're open cross-dressers in the u.s military and it was mainly in the, the air force and the navy i'm not picking on either one of those saying this is what they were coming from and they were doing these reels where they're like in their uniform in their military uniform and then all of a sudden it like switches this reel and they're in full drag makeup with drag costume and everything and I, i'm sitting there watching it and i'm like my gosh if the if the boys from back then like you said down in the 40s if they saw this now I mean, they'd probably go back to war again with our own military. <laughs> they'd be like, what are you doing? I mean, they, we prob- they the- probably would. They would. I mean, the guys were so aggressive back then. I mean, you read the story and watch the historical, you know, information about the Battle of Athens and all these guys that got, you know, deployed over the, uh, over the Germany and over the uh, Europe. 
and they came back and basically you had this unbelievably corrupt sheriff in Athens and this unbelievably corrupt mayor and they were stuffing the ballot boxes and ripping people off and trying to basically pick up all the wives that were there when all the guys were gone and just absolutely were ruining Athens, Georgia. And these guys got back and I mean, these guys are full blown battle hardened veterans, been in the trends, been in the nasty of the nastiest war fighting we've pretty much ever witnessed last century. And they come back and they go, no, no. This isn't cool, bro. You're going to have a legitimate election. And the sheriff's like, nope, we got all the ballots counted. We're going to count them at the sheriff's office, at the jail. We're going to count them all there. Nobody's going to witness it. And they said, okay, we'll let you know if you do that, if you try to steal this election, we are going to descend on your entire sheriff's department with the full might of the U.S. Infantry Army that just got back from World War II. And they said, no, you're not. They said, okay, we're grabbing BARs, we're grabbing Thompsons, we're grabbing Frags, and we're about to show you what we're capable of doing. And they did a full siege on the doggone sheriff's department, and they got the ballot box back, and a bunch of the basically crooked people that were doing it got killed, and they counted the ballots, and sure enough, they found out everything was being rigged. The, the National Guard basically got called and deployed in because it was turning so violent. That was what the American population and the male population used to act like. And I'm not sitting here advocating violence. I'm not saying to go do sieges on sheriff's departments at all. I'm just telling you about historical documented facts about what happened less than 100 years ago, you know, 80 years ago in the United States. And what they've done now with the water, with the biphenol A, the BPA they put in the plastics, with the hormones, with the toxins, with the media. And by the way, I've said this before and I've said it again. The media, the social media, what they're doing with the perversion of that right now is one of the most effective tools at keeping the American population, primarily the males, at bay. I'm letting you know that right now. You know, you can have individuals that may have had a problem with hormone imbalances. You can help adjust things naturally with hormones. You can do supplements. There's also hormone replacement therapy. There's things you can do. But one thing you cannot do if you cannot get a hold of it and you cannot stop it early enough is it's very difficult to change the mind once it has been completely and totally perverted over a dif different side. Dad talked about that movie Clockwork Orange. I do not recommend that movie from Stanley Kubrick whatsoever. I did do a research paper on it when I was in college. I did watch it. So it was a psychology program. We watched it and basically a bunch of us in class watched it. It's a very sick film. But what it goes and it does and it shows in the detail and you can look up the stuff without watching the film and look up with MK Ultra. Once you can change the brain enough and once you do enough psychological damage to the brain you can cause that body that brain that person to never engage in certain behavior again they will not engage in it you tell them long enough you do so much negative consequences and negative reinforcement firearms are bad if you see a firearm you urinate on yourself if you see a gun you run the other way if you see somebody talk about the bible you scream and yell and fall on the floor and start yelling you can do that to individuals if you break their mind, and that's what they are doing with social media, with the younger generation, and the mainstream media and YouTube. There are some of the most perverted things out there now that are open access platforms that children are getting access to, and I'm not even talking about porn or anything like that. I'm talking straight social media and stuff that's being allowed to be presented on social media for the sole purpose of degrading the human mind and the younger children. It's not hard to get somebody to believe anything you tell them, even if it's the most asinine, stupidest thing, if they want to believe it. And that's what they're doing now. They're changing the narrative and making people think, this is the current thing I need to support. This is the current thing I need to get angry about. It's funny to me how you've had people that were pro-American, 
pro-anti-lockdown as far as, you know, against lockdowns, pro-freedom during COVID. I've seen those same people now, those influencers on social media, talk about how now Palestine needs to be leveled and Israel needs unlimited funds and they need to be able to do anything they want. If they want to go to war with any other country, we need to support them. Well, wait a minute. Weren't you guys talking about pro-American two years ago? Weren't you talking about Americans should have the freedom to choose? We shouldn't be forced to give money away our via taxpayer dollars to everyone that just apparently is supposed to be told to take our money. That We're now being forced by gunpoint to support almost every country regime in the entire world that is bad, that we're telling us it's unlimited now. We need to keep supporting war after war after war after war. Yes, that's what we're being told now on a regular basis. And it's funny to me how some of these influencers were so pro-American, so pro-freedom, and yet now they're coming out. And pushing this agenda because why? Either A, they're being told and funded to push it via their psych op through alternative media, or B, they're so brain entrained by the mainstream media, they don't even realize that they've been duped into believing, thinking, and pushing an agenda that has nothing to do with America, nothing to do with freedom, and nothing to do with biblical values whatsoever. It's designed to keep people focused on what the next current thing is to do. And that's what Spike Cohen brought up the other day, who is a prominent Jewish individual who does not support anything that's going on right now over there whatsoever. And he blatantly said, this is what they do every time. They bring up a crisis. They tell you you can't question it. They tell us we have to give unlimited money to it. They tell us we'll look at it and analyze it and reference back to it after it's over with. And we handle the immediate crisis at hand. Once the crisis is over, A new immediate crisis takes precedent over that one, and we're told you can't question the new crisis because we have to have immediate control of that crisis, and you never go back and question what originally happened in the crisis before or before. That's what happened during COVID, and that's why the media is completely and totally stopped. Now, if you've noticed, they pretty much stopped the whole COVID push again. They were pushing it hardcore a couple weeks ago, about two months ago. They started the whole rhetoric again. new Pfizer booster coming out. Dude, I can't even find anybody that's even talking about remotely getting this new booster that's coming out now. The, the main push for it, I told you guys this, is for the children. They don't really care about adults getting the shot anymore. They really don't. Enough adults have already gotten the shot, and they're dumbed down enough that it doesn't really matter. However, the children, that was the goal from the very beginning, to get this on the shot schedule. Now it is, and it's got emergency use authorization. I explained to you guys last week about this. The emergency use authorization exempts Pfizer from having to put any type of side effects, warning, or documentation on the vaccine insert sheet. It's a blank sheet. You can pull it out. Ask your pediatrician if you go to the pediatrician, which beware when you do that. But you can ask them for the insert sheet on the Pfizer COVID shot for your six-month-old or one-year-old. They pull it out if they'll actually do it. It's blank right now. There's nothing on it because it's not required under emergency use authorization. Yet it's on the childhood shot schedule that they tell you the child needs to have with zero research. That, in my opinion, was the basis of getting the shot rolled out again because that shot is going to have some severe unintended consequences on these young children that we've gone about in detail. I'm not going to go through it all again, but I'm reiterating more and more and more. Please talk to people about this because there's a lot of parents that still may be fairly awake. But they have no idea what happens in the pediatrician's office because they don't ask questions because so many parents and families alike have been brain entrained, again, by the media, by the medical establishment to not ask questions. Do not question the narrative. Do not ask what's in this. You follow orders. You shut your eyes. You shut your mouth. And you let us inject what we tell you to in your children because why? It's science. Guys, this is not science anymore. This is a perversion of what science ever once was. This is not science. Whatever it was, it's not that. 
you know, did, was it saying that one movie, Dad, with Gladiator? He goes, he had a vision for Rome. This is not it. You know, yeah, this, 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 this is not it for USA. This is not it. You know, I mean, it's a fantastic movie. That's what it is. It was a vision for the United States. This is not it. This is not what made America great. This is not what made us the most successful country in the world. This is not it. And so if you're doing something that's working and it has been working, why in the world do you start changing it other than you want to make it not work and you want to make it collapse? This is my opinion on it, Dad. What do you think? You're right. They, they, this is what it is. I order out of chaos. I mean they're, they're trying to destroy the entire – that's what this whole – the communists or the Kabbalist, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan group, you know, they, they, they were very, very active in Russia. Uh, they were very active in trying to overthrow Tsar Nicholas in Russia. They were very active, you know, as far as forcing Russia to try to give, you know, the communist, Kabbalist, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan people more rights, including the Jewish part of that population. And, and Russia basically started passing laws against this stuff. And, of course, they had already claimed a blood oath murder vindictive thing against the, 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 the Tsar's family in 1812 when he funded Europe and got a bunch of the people and a bunch of the countries in Europe not to have to put in central banks with the Rothschild control. So let me, let me, let me give a bit of history on that stuff now because I'm just, I, I drag myself into that just right now. In 1881, Russia passed many, many laws. They, they were intended to reduce the Jew and, Jewish Kabbalist, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan influence within Russia to be proportional to the population. The Rothschild family went nuts. Uh, they stopped any loan negotiation and applied economic and financial warfare on Russia, which is what they always do. Rothschilds control it all. Many of these Jews, because of the persecution, then fled to Russia, but Europe refused to let them stay in Europe. Thus, some of them went to North and South America, South Africa, and the United States, and Australia, the Far East, but there was no place to go for many of them. Then in September 1882, in Paris, the home of the Edmund Rothschilds, a meeting was held with the leading rabbi of Eastern Europe, and a deal was done, and it was to move these unwanted Jews to Palestine. This is, it all started back in the early 1800s. It was fomented here in the late, late 1800s. The whole project was managed and financed by Edmund Rothschild. Edmund Rothschild was the youngest son of Jacob, Jacob Rothschild, himself the youngest of the five Rothschild brothers that built up his empire. As his other siblings were involved in the businesses, Edmund, with nothing better to do, decided to back up the project. This is when Zionism was really kicked in. It was in the 1880s. Since then, until now, the French Rothschilds are the patrons and the boss of Israel, including with the Balfour Declaration. The Rothschild family has two branches, the English and the French. Of the two, the French branch is wealthier. Towards the end of the First World War, the family divided the Middle East between themselves, the sykes Picot Agreement, and which was allowed and followed by the Balfour Declaration, which was the letter from the British government to Walter Rothschild. Now, when the war in Ukraine broke out, we find that the most outspoken anti-Russian statements and actions were coming from the British and French political circles. The family hates Russia ever since Putin took over, and we said that he's also a front guy because there's also a Rothschild Bank in Russia, as he removed their thieves from the Russian economy, which he did do that since 2002. Putin has survived several assassination attempts. The Western attack on Russia has failed, which drove the family nuts. And since early this year, both Britain and France have focused on evicting Russian control over the Crimea. Many attacks have been done on Crimea using British and French missiles, plus the sabotage operations conducted by British intelligence with Russia, etc. Both Britain and France are heavily invested in the war against Russia. Now, for the reason for the Rothschild focus on Crimea has to do with the events in Syria. Crimea was annexed by Russia in March of 2014. In September of 2015, Putin entered the war and Syria is on the side of the Syrian government, ensuring that Syria's survival. The regime change operation in Syria, conducted both the U.S. and Israel, has to do with the energy pipelines from the Gulf to the eastern Mediterranean, and so is the war in Yemen. 
when Crimea not only Russian control, then it'll make it very difficult for Russia to hold on to its bases in Syria, thus losing control over Syria and eventually bottling up Iran. So for Israel to be free in Syria, Russia must vanish from the scene. Now you can see the link between Crimea and Syria. All of this stuff is being done by these warring factions of these bloodline families, these people they put in power to keep the oil flowing out of the Middle East. And they keep that's why they blow up the pipelines over there going into the North Sea. All of them, you know, the United States government did that, did that all, all Biden all but said that because we're basically being controlled by APAC. The American Israeli political action committees that basically run the United States because Jeffrey Epstein and his gang blackmailed our Russian, our, our, our politicians and our judges to the tune of a thousand of them who they won't give us their names. And the thousand girls were used. And I, I'm going to ask this question again. Where did all these girls go? Where did this thousand girls go that were used by Jeffrey Epstein to blackmail with his altar and his temple that he had on his island? Were these girls used and then basically sacrificed? And were these politicians used in the sacrificial rituals? And was it all being videotaped? Was there a crematorium on the island? You know, what do they do with the ashes? What do they do with the, with the, with the remnants? Where, where do they all go? Are they all out there in the, in, in the, in the, in the ocean? I mean, all these questions were never answered. They were never answered. There was one guy, I forgot, he was really big on YouTube for a while. And he actually went out there to, to go look at the island and take a look at it himself. And boy, I tell you what, they, they silenced him quick. I haven't seen any of his videos in about a year and a half, two years now. He's kind of just, just disappeared. And uh, he was pretty much out on the cutting edge of this stuff all the time. But he kind of got to where he got to where he needed, didn't need to be anymore. And they put a big quash down on him. All of this stuff is being controlled by these Kabbalist, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan bankers, as you can see what's going on with the Middle East. This greater Israel program is going to incorporate Israel taking over almost all the Middle Eastern oil, which gives them hegemony over the oil productions you know, pretty much around the world. All of this stuff, including that's what they did with Venezuela with Chavez. Remember, he died of this fast cancer when he wanted his gold back you know, from the Bank of England. All of this stuff is happening in real time with us. And you have to look at the machinations behind the scenes and how this has been going on for hundreds of years. And in the body, very bottom line of this, which we, could, we discussed in detail last week, I think it was on, the, on October the 9th, we discussed this in detail about the rebuilding of the Third Temple and why they want this to have their ability to basically have you know, their Antichrist pierced with the spirit of destiny and the Holy of Holies to bring him out on the temple steps and declare himself God. And all of this group, is these, and these people are sick. They, they really want to do all this stuff, I and mean, they really want to reduce the population of the planet because they're at war against God Almighty. That's why we covered all of this in Angel Wars, and they and they're just doing everything they possibly can to destroy everything they can with the God created because they're, they come to rob, kill, steal, and destroy, which is their father's mission. So guys, listen to me. You keep your hearts and minds in Jesus every day of your, of your life. You pray. You read your Bible. You know, if you're using drugs – if you're using a bunch of alcohol, if you're smoking cigarettes and all the rest of the stuff that's bad for you, just start praying about it. Ask God to give you the strength of the Holy Spirit to stop it. The power that's in you as you're a Christian is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And this alcohol and these drugs and these cigarettes and the nicotine and the vapes and all the stuff that disables both body and spirit needs to be avoided. And just stay off of this stuff and learn to hang out with the right people and do the right things and continue to pray. Because remember, again, I'm going to say it again, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. You have the power and the authority to overcome all of this stuff. You just have to take hold of it. That's why the Bible says the kingdom of God has been advancing since the beginning of time, and the righteous, the powerful, take it by force. And you've got to do that. You've got to hold on to it. That's why it tells you to put on that full armor and stand your ground no matter what. And that's what we're doing on the show. We're standing our ground. We're doing the best we possibly can. You know, every single day to bring you the truth from a different perspective than the mainstream media and from most alt media. And I love you guys. I love praying for you. I love your 
talking to you. I just I love being hanging out with you guys. I love when you come by the office and talk to us. And you guys are amazing to me. You're absolutely amazing. And I am blessed to be part of your family. Thank you again for your support. I'll also finish it up, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Well, you're 100%, 100% accurate, my friend. And, you know, I've, I've tried to give a lot of encouragement, especially this younger generation now, because this the vaping systems have become so prominent. I've, I've seen it now. I mean, 17, 16, 17-year-old kids now, these vaping systems are unbelievably addictive. They're full of nicotine, high-dose nicotine which is a vasoconstrictant, and they're getting these children hooked on nicotine at an early, early age. Be very cautious about this with these young kids now because it's becoming such a trend in high school and college. I, I see it everywhere now, especially in bigger cities. It's becoming trendy. It's the new trendy thing. Everybody walks around these little these little vape cartridges, and they're hitting them all day. And the problem with this is it's much worse for you than just cigarettes because a lot of times cigarettes, you got to go out of your way. You got to go smoke a cigarette. It's already bad for you. You smoke a couple a day and you're getting that nicotine hit. People are using these all day long, which means they're keeping a constant flow of nicotine, which makes it even more addictive and massively vasoconstricting the cardiovascular system 24 hours all day long. Remember, nicotine's got like, a, I think, four-hour half-life on it, three or four-hour half-life. So again, be aware of that. Be cautious of it. If you guys need anything, healthmasters.com. One of the best things that combat, you know, as far as vasoconstriction is something that vasodilates, and that's the HGH stimulate. Massively increases blood flow to every part of the body. So be sure to look at that and vote for it to see if you want to win, if you want that to win on Thursday, or excuse me, Wednesday this week at healthmasters.com. Give us a call up. We also have the Healthy Testosterone Stack on sale right now on the front page. So be sure to check that out as well, which includes the HGH. Have a blessed, safe, awesome evening, my friends, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow on this show, as always.